What's up, everybody? This is Rick Grimes, Peace Radio. Asking the question of, is the United States ready to go to war? Let's get started, PHP Radio. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now, to go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm tired of hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Welcome to Power to the People Radio. Put it down! you are if you're on soundcloud if you're on itunes if you're on facebook if you're on mixer as always we want to thank you for joining the show and welcome to another outstanding edition of p2p radio i'm your humble host rick Ryder. gonna be talking to you uh for the next 30 minutes let you know what's going on across the world because right now over the last week literally a week from today um president trump has made a major shift i mean to be quite frank we're almost on the brink, it seemed to be, of a major conflict somewhere, either in Asia, the Middle East, somewhere in this world. And please understand, this is not just the same as Afghanistan. This is not the same as uh, ISIS. This is possibly a conflict with some major power players. We're going to be going into more detail about that. But let's break the breaking news that's going on right now, is that according to NBC and The Hill, um, the United States, under the directive of President Trump, is preparing for a preemptive strike against North Korea. Um, if there seems to be a perception of a nuclear test launch going on. The reason that this matters is because there is, in fact, evidence that North Korea is preparing this weekend um, to have a nuclear launch test. This is because it's the Day of the Sun. This is the celebration, a major celebration in North Korea uh, pertaining to their uh, founding father, um, founding of their country, and they usually do big events during this time. And so... More than likely, there will be a nuclear test. Something big will go on. And according, again, to NBC, it seems that the United States may act first. They may not have, may not wait to retaliate. They may act first in this strike. We're going to go into detail about why this matters. Because, again, it matters because who's back in North Korea? And that's China. Um, so we're going to get in details about that. But before we get started, as always, we want to thank you for joining to the show. Uh, today's title is episode 18. It's called... Um, Welcome to World War Three. Reason being because of that again is because there's a lot going on. Uh, literally, like 30 minutes after the show, uh, after our show last week, we attacked Syria. Uh, we launched around 59 missiles into their airport, um, trying to show a, 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 a show of force. Um, and from that point on, um, it has been just one major event after the other. Uh, we have launched strikes in um, Syria today. We have dropped the biggest bomb since World War II today. Um, we have moved a strike group to North Korea a couple days ago. Um, China's moving people. Russia's moving people. We're going to get in details about all that because there is a lot of stuff going on. But before we get started to that, uh, just a frame reminder, as always, that uh, donate to Special Olympics. It is something that's very dear to our heart. At the end of this month, we're going to be giving proceeds. Um, and at the end of every month, we'll be giving proceeds. Uh, we post a link on um, our show later on, and we'll post a link on our Facebook page. So if you want to check that out and give to an awesome group uh, that helped a whole lot of um, awesome individuals, uh, please do that, and uh, we will appreciate that greatly. So again, um, the Special Olympics, and we're asking that if you can, um, limit what you can to donate to an awesome cause. So now let's get to my take. Um, and my take is pertaining to what is... 
going on in our media as far as with North Korea. And um, let's be honest, I played a role in that as well. Um, because after the Syria attack, um, after the stuff that went down, you had these pictures of kids just on the streets, cannot breathe, foam at the mouth. Um, it was hard. And it was touching. CNN also decided not to cover up their faces to show you full-fledged this is what's going on in this country. Um, it played on our emotions. And we demanded that something be done. What is President Trump going to do about this? Well, you know, we have over 80 people killed at the hands of their own government. You have 30-plus kids killed at the hands of their government. Families destroyed, relatives not being able to save their loved ones. What is the United States going to do? Specifically, what is President Trump going to do about this? It was wondering this. Uh, is he going to take his usual campaign? He was saying that he doesn't want to be involved in Syria. He wants to withdraw, withdraw the United States from being the world police. Um, in fact, in 2013, he criticized Obama heavily for doing this. So what is he going to do? Then 30 minutes after our show, he did something. And... For the most part, Americans loved it. It was the big missile strikes. It was 59 Tomahawks firing into Syria. And everybody was just proud. Everybody was screaming. Everybody was cheering. 60% of Americans loved the sound of this. We loved stuff blowing up. We wanted more of this. We wanted this to happen. And apparently, we endorsed it. In fact, um, almost 60% of Americans loved what happened. We love the fact that we got in there and we show our might, we flexed our muscles. We said, hey, you're not going to continue doing this. You're not going to continue to just murder your own kids, murder your own citizens, people who want this. It was a proud moment for the United States of America. We was cheering USA, USA, USA. You can hear the red, white, and blue. You can see all these commentators wrapping themselves up. Brian Williams called it beautiful. CNN said this was the moment that President Trump became president because we just blew shit up. This was our time. We all got sucked into it. We all got propaganda. And please don't understand that. Usually when we hear this, you think of something that's going on in some communist state. You think it's going on in China. They're the ones who do propaganda. North Korea, they're the ones who do propaganda in war videos. But you tell me, what's the difference between a video of us launching missiles and a video of North Korea doing the same exact same thing? Pulled in our emotion. We didn't think about any other questions. We wanted it to action to be done now. This is not just here at the citizen level. It touched all the way up to the White House. In fact, Eric Trump said last, a couple days ago that it was Ivanka Trump who pulled at her dad's uh, emotional strings, asking for something to happen. We all wanted something to happen. And so, something happened. We launched 59 Tomahawk missiles into Syria. For the most part, at least it seems, that the world pretty much endorsed what we did um they wanted us to go into war they wanted us to, to to show our might this is something that we wanted to be done what made only this understand as well is that after that point after the missiles launched then comes the question one is that did Assad do it there could have been a moment where we could have been demanding that the UN go in and launch a investigation. We could have pushed Russia to do that, to go along with that, because otherwise they would have been complicit because Syria gave their word that these missiles weren't there anymore, that this gas wasn't even around anymore. These chemical attacks would not happen because Syria gave up all of their weapons. 
Russia signed off on it. So did we. So now it seems that somebody is lying. How did these chemical weapons get back in Syria? We could have pressed that in front of the UN. But instead, we decided to act first. Whether you support what President Trump did or not, we have gone down that road now. We have acted first. So now we have to hope that we are right that it was Syria. That the evidence does prove our point. That the evidence just justify our action. That not just these pictures and these videos of kids down the street that have pulled on our emotional strings are not just there to pull on our emotions. To convince us to go into something without giving it a full thought. Like I said before, 60% of Americans support the fact of what uh, President Trump did. But if you dig a little bit deeper and say, what do you do now? Such as, now that you have launched missiles into this country, are you ready to send troops to this country? Are you ready to put boots on the ground in Syria? Probably the answer is no. 19% <laughs> of Americans actually want to put boots on the ground in Syria. So we don't mind sending missiles over there. We don't want to risk American soldiers over there. We don't want to, we may be moved by these pictures of Syrian kids that are choking up and, and cannot be able to breathe. But we don't want to go over there. We may like the fact that there is, according um, to the UN and after the statements uh, um, after the attack, that there is a vast amount of countries that support what we did. On this map, as you can see it, we have uh, the United States, of course, we have Canada, you have uh, France, UK, Germany, uh, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, all these countries support what we did. But ask yourself this question, uh, how many countries are moving to support us? It's easy to put out a press release saying that you support military action, but how many are joining us in the fight? How many are moving ships into Syria? How many are moving troops into Syria? Let me ask you this question, over the last week, how many countries have moved militarily? Of course, you have us in Syria and North Korea. You have Russia. You have China. You have Syria itself. And you have North Korea. Maybe J Japan said today that they, they're planning they might move uh, some of their naval support to support the United States. But you know who you don't see in that mix? You don't see France. You don't see Great Britain. You don't see Canada. You don't see Mexico. You don't see any of these countries who say they support us. On this map, they, it, it's all blue. Look at these people saying that they support us. But again, make no misunderstanding that we are moving along right now. The UN is not fully supporting us right now. So in short, we're engaging on a game of chicken. This is not just pertaining to Syria as well. This is also spinning to North Korea. Like I said at the beginning of the show, is that North Korea is probably going to do a, nu a, a nuclear test. Kim Jong-un is not, it, it, it seemingly, is not scared of the United States. History shows us that we're, if we go to hand-to-hand, to, to -hand, if we go missile-to-missile, -missile, that we're going to have to beat them into submission. Diplomacy can only go so far. So if you're ready to play that game of chicken, if you're not saying you're ready to play that game of chicken, we must be fully ready. And for the most part, that does not seem to be the case. You have China backing North Korea because of the fact that they don't want a United States ally that close to their mainland. You have Syria being backed by Russia because that's Russia ticket into the Middle East. 
They have ports there. They have airports. That's their extension into the Middle East. That's how they can have influence and control in the Middle East. They don't want the United States to have a monopoly on that. Of course, you have the United States backing the rebels. And also, in terms of North Korea, you have them backing South Korea. But who's going to blame first in this picture? The United States is moving to North Korea right now. To show it might show a force that they support South Korea and Japan. Russia has moved their strike group into Syria to show their force and their backing of Assad. China, three days ago, moved 1,500, excuse me, 150,000 troops into North Korea to show their support of Kim Jong-un. And yet they're saying that they're trying to talk to Kim Jong-un. They're trying to put more sanctions on them and, and economic constraints on them. But... For everyone who seemingly look at this, it looks like Kim Jong-un is still going on the course that he is going to, to do another nuclear strike. So who's going to blink first? Is it going to be China? Are they going to press Kim Jong-un to, to stop this nuclear test? Is it going to work? Is Kim Jong-un actually going to back off? Is it going to be South Korea that says that because make no understanding, North Korea may not be able to hit us, but they can definitely hit South Korea. All they need is, I mean, yes, they, we have a missile defense system in South Korea, but all we need is, what, three? Three or four missiles to really hit is a speed bump in South Korea. So North Korea can, is tactically holding South Korea hostage. So South Korea going to hold, going to ask the United States to back up. They're in, they're in their own political turmoil right now. They got a, a new president coming in who has said that he's willing to negotiate with North Korea. So if North Korea go blank, I mean, South Korea go blank first, the United States is going to blank first. Because if you look at it on, a, on a map, we're, we're kind of being cornered right now. You have all these ideologies that are similar. China, Russia, Syria, and North Korea. Right now, you just have the United States sitting on its own. I make no misunderstanding. We're a big kid on the block. But even big kids can only take so much. So are we going to blank first? Are we going to show our might, get our photo op, get more videos of doing stuff and then back out? Are we gonna stick there and be ready to, to protect South Korea if it decide, if North Korea decides to engage? What about Assad in Syria? We said that we launched 59 missiles into this airport and did so much damage and made no misunderstanding that by damage, we don't even know how much damage we did. We've had three different numbers come out from three different agencies in the government. Secretary of Defense said that we destroyed 20% of the Air Force in general. Secretary of State said that we destroyed 20% of the Air Force at that airport. Secretary of Press said that we destroyed 20 planes. And this all was in the span of a, of a day, so you would have thought that they would have coordinated this. Like, how much, what did we actually do? But apparently no one really knows. So we have ranged between 20 planes to 20% of the whole Air Force in the span of a day. So is Assad gonna blink? Assad gonna use chemical attacks again? He attacked that, that they flew out that very same airport less than twelve hours later. In fact, they bombed the very same city that they did nuclear attack. I mean, that chemical attack on that very next day. So Assad is basically in a big fu to uh, the United States right now. Is Russia gonna blink first? 
We're putting pressure on Putin. We're putting pressure on Russia, saying that they were complicit in this attack, or either they did it willingly with Assad. So is Russia going to back up first? You have six players that are about to run into each other. And we're all wondering, and we're all on the ride, and we're going to be cheering these missile strikes. We make no misunderstanding that we're not fighting ISIS. ISIS don't have planes. Syria's small. We can run over Syria. Russia and China are a different animal. We have not engaged with these kind of militaries, these kind of armies, in a long time. So yes, we're flexing our muscles towards these smaller countries, but these superpowers are not going to tolerate this. And the United States wants to show its might. You must not be afraid to flex and be committed to flexing also in front of Russia and also in front of, uh, in front of China. While we're flexing, it seems that we are also not really caring what happens in the background. And these questions seem to not be really being asked by the media or anybody else um, as far as the criticism of what's going on. Tell the fact that we've had the Yemen raid that got botched. We've had just today, uh, excuse me, the coalition attack that almost 100 civilians were killed. Today's report that there was a uh, misdirected coalition, U a U.S. coalition strike that killed 18 of our allies. As he told you, they are aligned with us. Today, we dropped the biggest bomb since World War II in Afghanistan. And the reason for the question is, why are we dropping this big bomb in Afghanistan for? So it seems to be that our president got a taste of what showing military might can do. He flexed his muscles. We all scream USA, USA, USA. There is nobody apparently on either the conservative or liberal side, may, as far as these neos that are really trying to stop him. And make them understand it. For those who say that, well, this is what you get when you hired, um, when you put him in instead of Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton supported this decision. In fact, she called for it before it actually happened. So if you think that you really got a different picture, okay, if Hillary Clinton was in the seat, you are ill and mistaken. She is a war hawk. So no, this would have happened if Hillary Clinton was in there too. Congress, who's supposedly supposed to be the reins to this, will say, hey, you need to give us approval. You need to get approval from us before you do this. Congress doesn't want to have hands on this because they got scared from what happened in the Iraq war. Because they wouldn't have to vote, they got to put their name to it. How many politicians have you heard was, I voted against the Iraq war? How many times was that said in the last couple of elections? So Congress don't want to have anything to do with it. They will support the president if it works. If it doesn't work, they'll say the president should have came to us. That perfect reason of why people don't like Congress because they're scared to do their job. So it seems to be that President Trump has given all ranks in the military to flex his muscles as much as they want to. Sometimes they don't even have to go and get authority from him. The White House is actually struggling with this when after this bomb got dropped, this massive 21-ton bomb got dropped, and people asked Sean Spicer, did the White House know about this? He seemed to struggle with an answer. He couldn't answer if the president gave approval. So you know the difference between when he did get approval in Syria, he gave a press release right there at Mar-a-Lago. You're going to know that I approved of this. This is me. This is me, baby. I'm the president. 
But when we dropped the biggest bomb since World War II, the military didn't even notify you about this. You didn't know. Who are you going to say that you knew? Later on, a couple, like 30 minutes, an hour later, he said, yeah, I gave him authority. Yeah, okay. But on the spot when people asked you, did you know about this bomb? And you was just shell-shocked, apparently. I would refer that to the Secretary of Defense. So he didn't know. There's a reason why a civilian's in that seat. You can see that some of the stuff that President Obama was struggling with. That when his generals were calling for him to act, that there is a bigger question of can we just fire missiles into this country? What is going to be the after effect of this? So are we all screaming USA? Are we really ready to go to war? Are you ready to go send more soldiers into this country? You're a Trump supporter. Was this what you voted for? Because he was saying during the campaign that he wanted to withdraw this. He wanted to stop this. Now he's doing a full 180. This man's ready to go to war anywhere. Dropping bombs in Afghanistan. Getting more authority in Yemen and Libya. Dropping bombs and missiles in Syria. And ready to blow stuff up in North Korea. So this whole isolationist thing is no longer the case, apparently, in the Trump White House. We're ready to fully engage with whatever we need to do. If you're thinking that this is just, and I think America has come disillusioned to what war is because it hadn't knocked on our door yet. Make a misunderstanding that Russia and China can knock on our door. Us just going and watching TV, watching Scandal, watching ABC, and watching sports after we get done or you send soldiers off to war to go in the Middle East, that can change in an instant. Our lives can be changed as well. So if you're ready to go to war, if you're ready to flex those muscles, if you're ready to send people to fight, make sure that you're really committed to that as well. Because missiles can hit the United States. Make no disillusion about that. China can put up a fight. We may win. Yes, we're big. We are huge. We will win. But don't think that it's going to be an easy win. The Chinese is going to sit back and say, oh yeah, it's the United States. We might as well just go ahead and give up now. Absolutely not. And Russia is in that boat as well. So I get to see all these cable pundits and all these media pundits and people on Facebook and Twitter used to say, yeah, we're good that we're blowing stuff up. We share memes of just spraying missiles all up into the Middle East because it's not knocking on our door. But you take the fact that there are people living in Syria. Then when you click next and you know how long it has to see that child who foamed at the mouth, that there was a parent attached to that. So if you really want to agree for that child, if you really want to show that the United States is the science center on the hill and the world police, you need to be fully committed to that. And know that there are ramifications for that. There are the costs for that. In fact, you can see a different tone between people who are in the military, who are exercising caution, who are trying to exercise caution, and people who are all gun ho because they have no personal cost into it. You don't have to think about it. You get to say, or you get to salute after the national anthem, that's all you have to do. And get to say, I support the troops. Because you have no personal ties into it. You're not sending a family member into that fight. No bombs are going off next to your garage. Your child doesn't have to worry about if their house will be destroyed or not. So when we're going on this game of chicken, make sure that you understand that we are alone on this ride. So are we encouraging, or if you're encouraging President Trump to just fully go full uh, 
steam ahead, put the gas, I mean, put the pedal to the metal, run over whoever won't want over, it's not going to be that easy. Maybe easy with Syria. It may be easy with ISIS. As far as they don't have anything to really combat us, we can blow them up with missiles and with planes. But what happens when we also fight people who have planes and missiles and ammunition just, just as powerful as ours? The rhetoric around this world is getting heated fast. There's a lot of people that's trying to flex muscles and trying to establish where they are in this world of scheme. And the three countries that we need to pay attention to right now is in Syria with Russia, North Korea with China, and South Korea with us. And while we're listening to all the other uh, nations around the world, like I said, Canada, U, uh, UK, uh, France, Germany, they're trying also to exercise caution. Again, different from the rhetoric, look who's moving. And right now, make no misunderstanding that we're moving on our own. Yet the world may catch up with us, but they're not with us right now. So if you're ready for that, if you're ready, if you're if you're ready for that, keep cheering on. If you're committed to that, keep cheering on. Let me understand that I fully support our United States military. Fully. But that doesn't mean that we cannot exercise caution. It doesn't mean that we cannot raise questions. And there's a lot of questions that need to be asked. Again, just today, how do we kill, how do we actually kill 18 of our own, our own people? How does that happen? How do we launch 59 missiles into an airport, but then they can fly out that same, that same airport less than 12 hours later? How did that happen? Why is it that we blow, we, we, we uh, put the biggest bomb since World War II in Afghanistan when previously this bomb was declined to use because it was not fit for this scenario? The White House said that this bomb was used for tunneling. This bomb blows up in the sky. It does not, it does not go on the ground being blow up. You know what the tunnels are on the ground. We have missiles for that, just to be clear. There are missiles that are designed to, to go on the ground and blow up. Marker missiles, stuff like that. This missile blows up in the sky. So maybe instead of it was used to blow up tunnels, it was used to show a signal and flex some more muscles, which I'm inclined to thinking. That wasn't the case. I don't think Russia would have came back an hour later and said that we have a bomb that's actually two times the size of that. So I guess we're playing that whose bomb is bigger. These are the things that we need to be paying more attention to. Like I said before in, the, in other shows, that we're going to be shifting from what the media chases after with whatever President Trump tweets. We're going to give you more information about some of the stuff that is going on right now. And your daily routine may be changing quickly. And you need to be prepared for that. And think that not just about sending people off, but what kind of sacrifices are you willing to make as a fellow American? Like I said before, it's real easy to send somebody to war. But are you really worthy to stand side by side? That's a question that we as Americans need to ask. We have been too long 
disengaged from what's going on as far as our military. Because it became too easy. We need to ask critical questions of what is the plan? Now that we have went into Syria, what is the, what is the plan? What is the strategy? What are you going to do with Assad? Are you going to leave him in there? Are you going to leave him in there and target ISIS first? Are you going to target him first and get ISIS um, later? What are you going to do with North Korea? Are you ready to go up against China to stop Kim Jong-un from having nukes? Are you ready to risk maybe getting South Korea in the mix and letting them have uh, heavy losses if North Korea retaliates? Are you ready to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Russia if they decide to step in and take the side? And most importantly, are you ready to go do all of this without the UN backing you up? And right now, they're waiting on the evidence. We are not. We are saying we have the evidence that we need to act. The UN is trying to get more evidence. And make no misunderstanding, they remember the Iraq war. The Italian Prime Minister, our Italian representative actually said it uh, this week. That you, the United States, were in this very same room saying that there was these weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, and that's why we need to go. So they have a memory, and they're hesitant to fully get engaged in Syria. So are we ready for that? Are you ready to unilaterally act around this world? Or if you're someone who said that President Trump was elected to rein us in from this, Someone who was supposedly to put more focus on the United States. Someone who has reason to think of, okay, we have spent $59 million on the missile strike in Syria. Then we spent at least $150 million to drop this bomb in Afghanistan. This, and this, this is conservative. I'm being nice to these numbers. Some estimates are almost three, $300 million for what happened in Afghanistan. So we almost spent between 250 to 350 million dollars in less than a week to blow stuff up. And again, like we said last week, what about what's going on in our homeland? What about all these budget cuts? What about health care, tax reform, all this other kind of stuff that should be that that supposed to be the main focus of President Trump as far as make America great again? But is that happening right now? I'm failing to see it. How about you? So we'll be covering this and much more uh, next week. Again, make sure that you check us out every Thursday uh, at 8 p.m. We're going to be uh, talking about more about what's going on. Again, if something else doesn't pop off in the Middle East, I'm really hoping it doesn't. Um, but we'll be talking about that and more uh, next week. Again, uh, I'm trying to do, line up some more interviews for you um, so that you can have different opinions. Um, some more people who are actually more experts in uh, some of the stuff that's going on in the Middle East than I am. I'm trying to line up interviews for that, so hopefully we can get that for you next week. Um, also, we're trying to get some right-leaning individuals. If you have somebody in mind that you want to have um, on the show and engage with us, please give them our info. We can message them and set something up. Um, and make sure you check us out again live every Thursday. Also, check us out on Facebook. We now have over 500 followers on Facebook. Thank the Lord. And thank you for doing that for us and um, helping us out and supporting us in that endeavor. We really do appreciate it and appreciate the support that you've given us. Um, also, make sure you check us out on iTunes and SoundCloud and on Mixer. We upload uh, every audio version that week. So you can subscribe to us on iTunes and get an update when it gets published on the iTunes and App Store. So, again, thank you for checking us out. Um, make sure that you share this video and give us a like or give us some opinions on what you think. 
And we will check you out next Thursday, 8 p.m., only on by following me on Facebook Live, Rick Ryder, and also by checking us out on the Mixer app. Until then, be blessed, be safe, and um, power to the people.